I'd like to thank everybody for having Ken and I down here. Um, I, when I got to Midwest, I wasn't exactly sure if we would make it. Um, yeah, a little bit snowy. But on the way down here, I was trying to come up with some things that I haven't told you before. I mean, cowboy state politics has been around for over a year, and Lord knows there's been a whole bunch of stuff that we've talked about. And it occurred to me that there are some lessons that we need to continually learn. Um, some of us kind of resemble a ten-penny nail. We have to be hit over the head a few times before we get it. And we're all in this room because we all believe, or at least I hope we all believe, in a set of core principles. Um, some of those that are most important to me, first of all, is life. Um, we all believe that life, <laughs> life begins at conception and it ends at natural death, period. Right. End of sentence. And I should point out that today was the March for Life and we need to, we need to continually thank, tomorrow. or tomorrow, excuse me. I got ahead of myself. But we need to continually thank everyone who takes, t takes the time to advocate for those who don't have the, the ability to advocate for themselves. The second, the second thing that I think we always should remember is liberty. Um, our country was founded on the idea that each man and woman and child has in, has in themselves a God-given freedom and that it can't be taken away by government. And we're living in a time where government seems to be wanting to take all of our liberties away, one at a time. And we, we have to absolutely remember that we can't let them do that. The Wyoming Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, says that all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority. We can't forget that, guys. We're all in this room for, for one reason, and that is we believe in these principles. And if we believe in them, it also means that we have to act upon them. You know, conserv as conservatives, we're pretty good about talking about stuff. Lord knows can I talk. But it's also important that we don't forget we have to act on those things. When we walk out these doors, we can't just say, wow, that was a great meeting. Now let's go home. We have to actually act on the things that we believe in. Now, the second thing that I think I should point out to you is that, as a general rule, Republicans stink at messaging. We do. Think about it. We, when the Casper Star Tribune, I mean the Pravda on the Plat calls, we gladly give them an interview. That's the most insane thing that I've ever heard of. Those people absolutely hate Republicans, and they're not alone. The rest of the Wyoming media does as well. The Washington Post, yeah, they love us. But if you, if you think about it, when you, when you get on a website or pick up a newspaper in Wyoming, how many times have you seen an article that is favorable to Republicans? Oh, Ginger has. All right, so there's one. But what's that? They're big fans of Liz right now. Oh, they are. It's true. But the truth is, the truth is, they don't like publishing articles about Republicans, nor do they like publishing the truth. 
How many articles have you seen about politicians taking money from Pfizer, the Wyoming Education Association, or the Wyoming Medical PAC before they voted against everything that we believe in and they voted for vaccine mandates? Haven't heard a word about that, have we? How many articles did we, did we have to read about Troy Bray? I lost count. And every time that there's a possibility of a story about our chairman, oh, they hammer him like he's the 10 penny nail. But what we have to do is stop playing in their playground. The Wyoming media is colluded together. Really, if you look at the Pravda on the Platte, I mean the Red Star, I mean the Casper Star Tribune, or if you look at the Cow Pie, I mean the Cowboy State Daily, neither of them are working in our best interests. So why does it make any sense that we should seek out interviews with them? We shouldn't. Rather, what we should do is act. I've read a lot of resolutions that were, that were written by many people in this room. Quite frankly, there's some people that are pretty good writers in here. Why don't you start your own conservative newsletter? Or why don't you start your own podcast? It doesn't take that much, that much effort, guys. But the point to remember is that we have to act. If we believe in those universal principles, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then we ought to have the courage to act on them. And so tonight, hopefully, Ken and I will have a little discussion with you about acting on them. I'm wondering, how many of you have heard the name Timothy Treadwell? Anybody heard of Timothy Treadwell? Timothy Treadwell liked bears. He was fascinated with them. He wanted to study them, so he went to Alaska. And after about 13 years, he convinced himself, he deceived himself to believe the lie that the bears had accepted him into their society and that he, he was safe, that they would never harm him. And then one day, I think it was in October of 2003, they ate him alive. They ate his girlfriend, too. Why did you bring that up? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm glad supper's over. I've got a couple names for the bears. <laughs> What I want to say is, no matter how fervently we believe a lie, it's still a lie. I'm interested in the truth. I want to know what's real. I want to be able to defend myself against real... Hi, Bob. I want to be able to defend myself. It was Ronald Reagan that said, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Now, Bob Winnie called me a while back, and he asked me to come speak. And I thought about who I would be speaking to and am I going to be able to find anything that I can say to them that might be of interest and that hopefully they might remember, take something away from that. And uh, I am by nature and by habit a preacher. And I try to speak truth. I bear witness to the truth. Now it's interesting, the Prendergast family, which goes back, we know, at least a thousand years. Their slogan, their logo, was Vincent Veritas, which is prevails truth. We could say it, truth prevails. I'm back up just a little bit because I'm really ringing. So I bear witness to the truth. And you might be sitting there like Pontius Pilate was when he heard Jesus make those same words. 
and say, what is truth? I'm not here to preach. I'm not going to beat you with the Bible. I'd like to. <laughs> but I'm not going to beat you with the Bible. Uh, a little bit of Frederick Bastiat, perhaps, but let's sure say from that. What is our truth? I mean, we're not here as, as a Christian organization seeking to study the Bible and, and worship God. So there are probably many people in this room that maybe don't give the Bible the same esteem that I might. And that's okay, they don't have to. Uh, this isn't a Prendergraft reunion where we sit and recall the Vincent Veritas and, and pat each other on the back about how we always stand for truth. What are we? We're all Republicans. What does that mean? What is our truth? Well, I think it was in the spring of 2020, it was unanimously brought I gotta this See, I use paper. <laughs> <laughs> Unanimously voted in the platform of the Republican Party. And I just want to read from the very beginning of that. It says, we believe there are timeless truths that will always inform and direct our party and our country regardless of current events and circumstances, changing strategies, goals, and leadership. These truths put into action, maintain, protect, and defend our inalienable rights to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. What this platform is, it contains planks of truths. And either something is true or it's not. There's no 80% truth in this. It's true or it's not. All right? I want to read the first plank. All individuals are endowed by their creator from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death with the rights of life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. The only purpose of governments is to protect these rights for all. Now, when we read this, we understand the basic truth that you can't have liberty without responsibility. Think of a 16-year-old kid. He wants liberty. He's finally got his driver's license, but he's not responsible, and he's not really free. You cannot be successful if you don't have the right to fail. All those things go together. That's, an, that's a timeless truth, and that timeless truth weaves its way through almost every one of the planks. It's it's true, therefore, anything that is related as a, as a plank kind of brings up that, that same truth. We're going to share uh, probably three or four of those truths with you tonight. And I wanted to just kind of make one little last comment before I give up my segment. The right of individuals to keep and bear arms and ammunition shall not be infringed, restricted, or denied. Individuals must never be prevented from defending life, liberty, and property. And I would contend our children as well. Instead of having, you know there's no such thing as a gun-free zone. That's another one of those lies, and you'd be like Timothy Treadwell and will come eat your butt. 
It ain't the way it is. What we ought to be doing is we ought to be training teachers and principals and willing parents to go down there and, you know, get, get their concealed carry. Now, we don't have to have that. Shall not be infringed, right? The, if, if every thug in town knew that there were a half dozen adults armed in the school building, how many school shootings do you think there'd be? It'd be a really quick one if there was. One more quote, and I'm going to shut up for a minute. You said you could talk. <laughs> I got even more practice than you have. True. I preached for 40 years, by golly. One more quote. This one is from Barry Goldwater, one of my heroes. Extremism in defense of liberty is no vice. I get called an extremist all the time. You are a radical right-wing extremist. Hoorah. I told you to stop reading Wildfile or talking to him. <laughs> I got to tell you, Wildfile did that hit piece, and I told David when it came out, I said, I'm sandwiched between Frankie Thorne and Taylor Haynes. I'm in great company. I don't care. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then I get a phone call one day. This guy says, hey, I read about you in the paper. Where can I donate to your campaign? <laughs> Go for it. You know, Ken, I didn't, get to finish the, I didn't get to finish the quote. Well, finish your quote. I'll finish it, and then I'll shut up for a minute. I promise. Uh-huh. Extremism in defense of liberty is no vice. Moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. It's all or nothing, folks. Get in, get out, get run over. You know, speaking of truth, Ken, I'm a little disappointed that Liz couldn't make it tonight. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I honestly have a number of things that I'd like to ask crickets. I mean, I just, I want to know what the heck this January 6th commission is about, because frankly, I, I have no idea what truth she's looking at. I mean, I, it's, it's baffling. David. What? David. Oh, crickets. Don't you love the look on her face? If she did come here, I mean, it's a long ways from Virginia. Long ways to leave home. I want to. I want to know if her license plates have a bucking horse on them or not. Yeah. My guess is they don't. Whoa. So look at the way she's looking at me. <laughs> so when Ken talks about timeless truths and the planks of our platform, another one that we ought not ever forget is that you don't have the right to the fruits of anybody else's labor. And let me give you a perfect example. The last time we were together was in November in Buffalo. And if you'll remember, I sat there and recorded the whole thing. It's a good thing I did, too, because we got the vote right. Cheney. Anyway. But Victoria Evis from the Red Star calls me, and she's, she demanded a complete copy of that audio. And my response was, well, if you wanted it, why didn't you show up at the meeting? And she said, well, I, I had other commitments. You see, that is exactly what the media does to us. Okay? They have other commitments, and then they write the stories that they want. But that does not entitle them to the fruits of our labor. Nor, does it, nor is anybody else entitled to the money that you make. And when we look at our legislature, the one that's about to happen right now, last, I lost count of how many taxes there were, 
but I know that there were 14 that went, went through the revenue committee. Nobody has the right to take any more money from you than is absolutely necessary for the proper functions of government. And most of the functions that they claim are important are not. You know, there is no reason why we taxpayers need to pay for anything more than the, than the very essential forms of government. Okay? Yes, we have to educate our children. <laughs> but we don't have to spend more money per student than every single other state in the country. With no results. With, with less than mediocre results. Yet, we continually tell our citizens that, well, we have to take more of your, your money in taxes. And when they've spent all of that money, they continue to ask for more. There's a 15-cent fuel tax increase that's, that's going to go before the legislature um, in this upcoming session. 15 cents. It's only 15 5 cents or 3 cents a year or 5 cents a year. It's no big deal. It's interesting. You know why they use small, well, why the IRS uses small increments, Ken? It's because they figured that inflation is going to increase 3% every year. That's why when you turn on the news, it says inflation's at 6% because they figured you're not going to notice when it's double. I guess, I guess getting stolen from twice is more acceptable than once. But again, nobody has the right to the fruits of your labor. The only person that does is you. And there, I know for a fact that there are some extraordinarily talented people in this room, and nobody has the right to your labor either. Related to that, from the platform, all taxes collected must be used for the constitutional purposes of government. It is irresponsible to run up debts that are passed onto our children and grandchildren. Taxes should never be more than necessary to meet the government's constitutional obligations. How many of you had any time to watch the Revenue Committee or the Appropriations Committee hearings? A bunch. Do you suppose that there's anything that they're suggesting we spend money on that is not in the Constitution? <laughs> I'm running for House District 29 in Sheridan. And I gotta tell you, when I get to Cheyenne, somebody puts a bill in front of me, the first thing I wanna know is where's the constitutional backup? You give me book, chapter, verse. I know it's not book, chapter, verse, but you show me. I'm, I'm not from Missouri, but. <laughs> Lower taxes. We hear every Republican politician across the state Go out, I'm for lower taxes, I'm for lower taxes, cut the taxes, cut the taxes, get to Cheyenne, here, here, here. And then they come home and say, I'm for lower taxes, I completely support the Second Amendment, I'm all for that. And then they go down and vote, yep, yep, I'm so sick of it. That's why I'm running. It was mentioned earlier, I have a little podcast called The Ramble Room. I say little because his is huge. But we, sh we share a lot of time together. We work together quite often. We share some ideas and, and kick things around. But we need more. I was just listening to, who was it? I just mentioned it the other day. Anyway, she was a national politician. She was talking about her mother was griping about something. She said, quit griping and go run. Quit griping and go run. Well, Ken, you bring up a good point because I know at least in Johnson County, there were the vast majority of precinct seats were unopposed in the last election. And 
you know, I don't know if any of you know anything about elections, but uh, generally when, when there is a line that says, and it just has a little box and a line, and you have to write somebody in there, all you need is one or two votes um, to get elected to that precinct position. You know, if, you're, if your issue is the school board, well, maybe you should run for it. You know, I've heard, I've heard our chairman say several times that if you're having trouble finding the candidate for a specific office, maybe that candidate is you. If it is not one of those, there are numerous boards in your, in your county and in your town that need good, solid conservatives on them. Okay? I'll give you a great example. The board that I'm on, it's for the solid waste district. Yes, I hang out with trash. Um, <laughs> but next month, actually... Thanks, David. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true. <laughs> not you, Ken. I can't but, cut a break. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that board only has five people on it. And the first Monday of next month, we're going to vote to spend $5 million dollars. It's actually like 4.4, but in the end, it's going to be five. But think about that. Five million dollars, and there's only five people that are responsible for that. Now, think if that board were made up of three liberals and only two conservatives. Well, we probably wouldn't have five million dollars to spend. So my, my point here is that instead of just sitting around complaining about the people that are on boards, get up and do something about it. Yeah. Walk out that door and make a decision that you're going to run for a precinct seat or the school board or any, any local board. It's absolutely imperative. Thanks, David. Before you go to the next truth, because we have another truth in here, I want to read something. This is from Friedrich Bastiat. If you've not read the law, you need to. This is about a concept he calls legal plunder. How is this legal plunder identified? Quite simply, see if the law takes from some persons what belongs to them and gives it to other persons to whom it does not belong. See if the law benefits one citizen at the expense of another by doing what that citizen himself cannot do without committing a crime. Then, abolish this law without delay. For it is not only an evil itself, but it is also a fertile source for further evils because it invites reprisals. If such a law, which may be an isolated case, is not abolished immediately, it will spread, multiply, and develop into a system. Another of our fundamental truths is that your, your liberty is indivisible from your economic liberty. Now, before I mentioned that nobody has the right to the fruits of your labor. Well, the fruits of your labor are directly tied to your liberty. You cannot be free unless you are unable to make your own money. And if you look at what, our, what the administration is doing right now, they're almost making it impossible for you to make a living, and therefore they are taking your liberty away from you. We absolutely have to fight against the increase in regulations that we're seeing everywhere. And we have to elect people to our state house and our state, represent, our state senate that do not agree with increasing regulations on our small businessmen, small businessmen and small businesswomen. And then we have to hold them accountable. Absolutely. Hold their feet to the fire. And you know, the problem with, with this whole thing is we're led to believe that we have to look out for the greatest good for the greatest number of people. <laughs> have you heard that on the news? I heard okay. it on Star Trek. Yeah. 
probably on my program. Uh, but <laughs> the problem with that is if you believe that, that we have to look out for the greatest good for the greatest number of people, that can lead to some disastrous results. You can, you can identify one group and say we have to serve these, this group's interests at the expense of everybody else. Legislation that advocates for taking care of a large group of people is a Trojan horse. Okay? It leads you to believe in a whole number of different, different things that are not principles. That, that, you should, that we should take money out of your pocket to pay for, pay for the betterment of somebody else. It is absolutely wrong. And it is a Trojan horse. By a Trojan horse, is it starts you down the road for voting for more liberal and more liberal policies. That's what Bastiat was saying. Exactly. Yeah, we, we create a system. And when you create a system, it, it grows and it grows and it becomes more and more of a system. We've mentioned about four truths that you can't separate liberty from responsibility, that no individual has a right to another person's labor, that the government should only tax to do what it is supposed to do according to the Constitution. And we've also talked about this liberty and economic freedom. It's in the plank here. It says liberty is indivisible from economic freedom. The free market economy is the economic system most compatible with the requirements of personal freedom and constitutional government. Government's undue influence in the market as well as the fiscal responsibility of government results in economic inequity. Hey, Ken. Yeah. Can you separate any of those planks in, the, in our platform from any of the others? With scissors. With scissors? Yeah. That's about the only no, they, way, isn't they it? All follow the same, they all follow the same principles, but there's, a, there's an issue out there right now that violates every single issue we have just raised tonight. Anybody know what it is? Medicaid expansion. It's called the, what is it, the Treatment Opportunity Act? Mm -hmm. Talk about a lie. You, you know anybody that can't get treated? Do you know, rather than having the government do all of these things inefficiently and have all the graft and taking all the money out of it for whatever it is that they want to do, there are many churches out there. I know you've got one. There are many churches out there. We... We can do this. We can do this the right way. We can do it efficiently. We can do it vastly more effectively. More to the point of elections and politics, I think, is the fact that Medicaid expansion passed the House in the last session. Okay? Now, Which is largely supposed to be Republican, right? Uh, I believe so. I believe we have a supermajority. So the principle, just like I was talking about with the, uh, the Second Amendment stuff, I, I believe it until it comes to the point of schools, and then I don't believe it anymore. Okay, that's like, I'm, I'm going to go 70% of the way. Now, wait a, wait either, a minute. Either Ken. you believe it or you don't. Now, wait a minute, Ken. I mean, I thought, I thought I could vote for Medicaid expansion and still be a Republican. You can, but you can't come to my house anymore. Oh, uh, indeed. The point we're getting at, guys, is that none of the planks in the platform are severable from any of the others. That you either are a Republican, you are, you are either a conservative Republican, or you're not. If you're not, if you're not, if, if reading this thing gives you heartburn, 
leave this party, go start your own, and quit screwing up ours. The, la the last thing I'll point out, and I know that, that Frank and I go back and forth on this one all the time, is this idea that you can believe in 80% of the platform and still call yourself a Republican. Well, tonight, Ken and I have proved that that is impossible. You are either a Republican or you're not. And like Ken said, if you're not, get out of our party and start, stop screwing up ours. Thank you to everybody that worked so hard to put this on. Vicki, I know you slaved. Bob's around here somewhere. Bob is my old dear friend from, you know, I think it was 35 years ago, Bob was my track commander. So we go back a ways. But anyway, it's been great to be here. Y'all look great. Well, most of you. But anyway, have a great evening. Thanks a lot, guys.